Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform, Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space. What statistics have also shown us is that particularly with black women, so lady, I'm talking about you and you and you and you, we all have experienced anxiety at some point in our life and to varying degrees. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Last week was a rough week for me. I'm going through something personal right now that's pretty devastating, and it's caused me to tap into my support system, advocate for my needs like never before. And during this period, I've been doing a lot of reflection, and it got me revisiting this question of why are we here? What's the purpose of us manifesting in the physical form, right? Like, what are we doing on this earth? And I kind of got sad because there's so much that needs to be done in the world, But at the same time, there's so much weight and so many burdens and so much pain in our community, especially for Black women. During my journey, I worked on doing something I don't do often, and that's feeling all of my emotions unapologetically. And so for me, that means feeling the anger, feeling the frustration, feeling the envy, the hurt, the sadness, all that. Because in my opinion, I believe emotions are not bad. It's really how we allow them to manifest, how we allow them to allow us to show up. And I think that, you know, growing up with the tough upbringing that I had, I learned to suppress shit. I learned to suppress it so deep down that I didn't really feel and I couldn't really tap into genuine emotions and I would numb myself and it made me unable to express myself. And so I want to say that Dom and I today, we are going to spend a little, a little time validating our experience, validating the experience of the Black woman And you may feel a host of emotions, and that's okay. We promise to bring you out with us and end on a positive note. But I think it's so important for many of us that take on so much, for many of us that have to, you know, 
hide our true feelings and put on a smile for the world, for our family, for our job, for our community, it's really important to sit with our emotions and and face the reality because our experience as Black women isn't roses and sunshine. No matter where you are in the world, we deal with a very unique experience that many don't even know, right? Many would never even be able to to grasp if they haven't experienced that themselves. And so again, rock with us through this rocky time. We're all in it together and we will end on a positive note as always. You ready, Dom? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So speaking of rocking, that brings us to our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from author Jody Peacock. Anxiety is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but it doesn't get you very far. Anxiety, that that thing that statistics tell us that the majority of people in the world experience, it is the number one occurring mental health concern across the world. Interesting. What statistics have also shown us is that particularly with Black women, So, lady, I'm talking about you and you and you and you. We all have experienced anxiety at some point in our life and to varying degrees. And today, what what I'm hoping we can do is kind of touch on, and I know we like to say all the time that we're diving into stuff, but this is one of those topics where we're diving into anxiety by touching upon some of the ways in which it may manifest in Black women. And I would love to just define anxiety because I feel like it's so funny when you experience things growing up and you don't understand, you don't even know what you were experiencing until you get language for it when you get older. And so as an adult, I hear people talking about depression, anxiety, and all these things. And I'm like, oh, damn, those those two have been with me my whole, my whole life, you know, since I can remember, but I didn't know what it was. And I often hear people talk about anxiety attacks and being anxious. And now that I know what it is, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know when I'm experiencing it or when it happens in my life. But I think it's also important to like dive into what does it even mean? Because I'm sure that people experience it and may not even know. So to tell you exactly what anxiety is, anxiety is that feeling of worry or unease. And that's a sense of general anxiety. But you can have anxiety about specific things. So you might experience anxiety in terms of in social settings. So if you have a fear, you're worried about how other people are judging you. So you might, it might show up in terms of thinking, putting a lot of thought and concern and worry into what you're going to say, how you might look and in terms of interacting with other people, right? It can show up in terms of getting ready to perform. I've heard of multiple artists who experience a lot of what back in the day we used to call stage fright. So that feeling of maybe rapid heart rate or sweating or rumbling in your stomach right before you're getting ready to perform. So I know of people who, right before a test, 
or right before some big event, they can't eat. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have upset stomach. So that means running to the bathroom multiple times. Or maybe they're sweating profusely. Or shaking. I know yeah. I get shaking. Yep. Yep. Like hand shaking. Mm-hmm. All of that is anxiety, right? And so I give those those examples to let us know that we all experience it at some point in life, right? None of us are immune to it. But what about those of us who at night we can't fall asleep because our mind won't shut off? Woo, child. You all up in my neighborhood right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to be right at your door, right? Oh, snap. <laughs> Let's say that you're that person who, again, like you have trouble falling asleep because your mind won't shut off. You wake up multiple times throughout the night because your mind still won't shut off. Or you're constantly worried about anything, everything, and nothing at all. <laughs> you, you ain't worried about a damn thing, right? Why? <laughs> You are worried. You worried, you worried about. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, I can relate. That's why I'm laughing. I'm just like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Right? That's general anxiety in anybody, no matter what your identity is, right? But in terms of understanding how anxiety manifests itself in Black women mm. and why it manifests itself in the way that it does in us, like we really have to like step back and look at history, look at our current societal conditions to really understand why we're anxious. And I think the first one that comes to mind for me is racism, right? A lot of people that are, I want to say, privileged to the point where they don't have to see it the way that we see it. Oh, we know, right? People say, oh, racism, that was something of the past. I mean, even, I mean, under under the current state of, I want to say in the current state of the world, we see that it's very blatant and people are out in the open with it. But I mean, I think of, you know, racism has so many heads in our country, especially and I'm sure in other parts of the world as well, but I think about police brutality or driving while black or shoot, worse living while black. We've talked about or we've heard about Barbecue Becky calling the cops on the black people barbecuing. And that's in our area too, in the Bay. Down. Right. Where we're supposed to be, where everyone is supposed so to be so liberal and progressive. That says a lot because if you're in the Bay Area, right, we're in San Francisco in the Bay Area, Oakland. They say that, oh, this is such a liberal, progressive area. If that's happening here, can you imagine what's happening in other parts of the country, right? Where it's not maybe the Midwest, right? Or other places like the South that are not as liberal as we are. And we don't even hear about a lot of those stories. Right. So thinking about Barbecue Becky, we have what, Permit Patty, who, again, in San Francisco, the white woman that called the cops on the eight-year-old little black girl for selling water. I think about how that's going to impact that little girl growing up, right? What is she going to have to deal with growing up after having had that experience? You're literally just, I used to do that as a kid. We would just go out and just sell sell stuff, you know, just to have fun as a kid. And I think about all the other instances of us being victimized and, and dealing with racism as a people and like seeing that in the media, right? In the news, the news is so triggering these days. I mean- but the thing that you just said, us being victimized, 
we that's the part that causes our anxiety right mm -hmm. because in those instances we are indeed the victims mm -hmm. but we don't get treated like the victim Bam. we get treated like the criminal and so in those instances we are taught or conditioned to develop this sense of anxiety around well, if I'm in this situation where even though I know I'm the one who's being harmed, now I'm nervous, now I'm scared and to say anything because I'm going to be looked at as the criminal. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be treated as suspect. It's going to become victim blaming mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, let's hold my oppressor accountable. Exactly. And so it makes me think about like, small instances so like i think about driving mm. and if i if a cop comes up behind my car now mind you i know there are multiple times where i'm speeding and anyone who's been in a car with me on the highway probably has knows that huh, chances are i'm not doing the speed limit okay <laughs> <laughs> But if a cop pulls up behind me, even if I might be completely obeying all of the traffic laws, I find that my heart races, my heart starts racing. And I, my immediate thought is, am I going to get pulled over? Knowing full well that one, my brake lights work. That because the cop is behind me, I'm definitely obeying all of the traffic laws. Mm -hmm. My insurance is up to date. I have my driver's license with me. Like I, and, and as this is happening, as the cop is riding behind me, I'm rinsing through all of those things, like asking myself all of those questions. Am I so preparing myself for am I in the wrong? Mm -hmm. When I know full well that I'm not. But that, but those types of scenarios lead to, that's a small instance of stress. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. But if we are constantly experiencing those small stressors, that those small stressors lead up and build up over time to where you might be frequently experiencing anxiety. Yep, I would agree with you, Dom, and that I've definitely had those feelings. And I actually, I had a story I was going to tell you. I didn't share it with you, but I'll share it now. And so I was on Facebook, and you know how Facebook sends you the, or they show you the anniversaries of, oh, you did this a year ago or two years ago. So two years ago, um, I posted something on Facebook. I shared a status, and I had friends comment, and someone recently posted this month. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this incident happened two years ago. And so basically... um. I was flying back east to speak, do some motivational speaking gig at the University of Pennsylvania. And I was really excited to be back in Philly, go back home. And I went out with my cousin and my little sister. And we went to our friend's house, hung out there. We left at like three in the morning and we got an Uber to go back to my grandmother's house. And so we get in the Uber. Mind you, there are four black people in the car. Just FYI to give you context. We're in the Uber and the Uber, everything's good. Like, we're just, me, my cousin, my sister, we're laughing. The Uber driver, we don't know him. So he's like doing, he's just driving us to our destination. And we're all talking, my my sister and cousin and I. And the Uber driver makes a right-hand turn. And 
and he's not driving fast. Like he literally makes a turn. As soon as he makes that right hand turn, we see cop. We see the cop lights, right? Mm-hmm. Cop lights. We see the cop lights behind us, right? And we're like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh damn, because I'm thinking of all the different instances where we see young black people, people, black people in general, just being murdered, right, by cops. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That's my first thought anytime I see the cops. It goes way there because I've been traumatized. And so the, the driver pulls over and the cops get out and they are so rude. I've never experienced this in my lifetime. Two white cops get out. They're asking us questions. They're asking us to roll down the windows. They're asking the driver, like, where are you guys going? He's like, I'm their Uber driver. Here's my app. Like, I have a sticker here. I don't, I don't know these people. He's like, are you drinking? What's in the bag? I smell weed. All this stuff. They didn't tell us why. I got pulled over plenty of times because I have a heavy foot. I have never had a stop like this before. Long story short, Dom, the officer... He ends up, he's like harassing us, right? The guy's on the other side asking questions. I, I said something like, I wanted to call my lawyer or something because it was very inappropriate what they were doing. And I'm like, I know this is not right. I don't know what to say, but I know I need to say something to let them know, like, you are with people that know this is not right. He reaches through the back window where I'm seated and he grabs my phone and says, you don't make any calls when you're on the stop with me and starts pulling my phone down out of the back window. And I am like, petrified and I actually recorded a portion of the like I have a snippet because I started recording as soon as we got stopped and girl that was two years ago I had nightmares that was so traumatic for me I I kept thinking about the fact that you know we could have been hashtags you know so when you talk about anxiety that right there was anxiety inducing and also extremely traumatic and it changed my whole perspective on the experiences of black people because of how we are viewed and he never told us why he pulled us over at the end of the stop he casually says to the driver oh by the way you should get your windows um your windows are too dark no ticket no nothing wow isn't that crazy lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That is, what's unfortunate is that if we did a poll there would be a number, a higher number than we would want to have Mm -hmm. of people who have been pulled over in similar instances. Mm -hmm. What I would encourage anyone to do who has been in that situation, I know in a previous episode, uh, Terry and I have talked about how we do uh, support Colin Kaepernick and in part of his Know Your Rights Camp, if you go to knowyourrightscamp.com, And we'll have this also in the show notes, but on there, there's a ton of resources uh, on how to understand your rights and how to navigate the legal system. And they have some resource guides for specific cities, but 
I think that those resources could also be helpful, could be a jumping off point to figure out like what are the resources within your particular area. But it's an unfortunate thing that this is how we manage anxiety with being black in America. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those unfortunate things that should not be happening and one of those things that makes sense why black women are experiencing anxiety at the levels that they are. If you have to be worried about being stopped in an Uber drive, in an Uber, you know, or Lyft, if you have to worry about being stopped in your own vehicle, if you have to worry about your loved ones being stopped in a vehicle and what might happen if they're stopped by the police, that is definite enough cause for anxiety. And that's just the first one, right? Um, there's a quote that I found online by Clarkisha Kent that says trauma by association is trauma that can manifest in someone who may not have been the direct target of said traumatic event, but who shares identifiers with same target that make them just as physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally vulnerable as said target, as said target to similar trauma. And so it makes me think about just in the news, right? The incident that you shared, but that's just the beginning. I mean, I think it that when you think about stereotypes as well, that's something else. We we have all these burdens that we're just kind of carrying on our shoulders through life, and people just say, "Oh, there's a black woman." No, 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 it's a black woman with all this other stuff. There are layers to it, and when you think about stereotypes, like I don't know, Dom, how does that how does that show up in your world when it comes to anxiety and like what you deal with in regards to stereotypes? So I think about. Not necessarily for myself in specific, but when you mention like stereotypes, like I think about there are several stereotypes associated with black women. So the angry black woman, right? I know for myself that I tend to not express my anger openly. And so when I pause and really reflect on why, I mean, I think some of that also is just like the dynamics of my family, but more importantly, just that subconscious thing of not wanting to fulfill that stereotype of the angry black woman. Now, the older I get, the more I'm like, I give no fucks. <laughs> and, and I figure out how to assert myself appropriately, right? But I recognize that that is something that a lot of us have to deal with, particularly when we move into our, in our professional careers, like when we're in a workplace setting. So we have to be concerned about if I pop off, right? If someone says something to me, right? So I wasn't the instigator. Someone says something to me and I assert myself, how is that going to come across? Mm -hmm. And then I have to ask myself, do I even assert myself? Because if what are the consequences for me asserting myself? Am I going to be perceived as the angry black woman? And if I'm perceived as the angry black woman, how does it, how is this going to impact my career? Mm. If I don't stand up for myself and I don't address the issue, then again, how is this going to impact my career? And then you hop on what I call the worry train and your mind starts thinking about 50 million questions about how to address this one scenario. And you're ruminating on this one scenario. 
might be a small scenario, but because you're afraid of fulfilling that angry black woman stereotype, you've created this stress within yourself. Yep. That and then also sort of depriving yourself the respect of advocating for yourself, right? Because it's like, oh, do I do that or do I... Do I just stay quiet? And then I think about for myself, like the stereotypes, it, I just feel like there's always this uh, this sort of personal expectation within myself. I got to go above and beyond. I got to kill it. I got to crush everything. I got to do really, really well. I can't take no days off. Like I got to be on top of stuff because if I'm not, it won't be, oh, this is an individual that can't do the job. It's oh, sh- the, the whispers might be, oh, because she's black, right? Because I feel like that's what, th- those are things that we've heard before. In addition to that, I think about just random stereotypes where it's like, all black people don't listen to rap music. Okay, yeah, I I, I do like hip hop and I do, but like all black people don't. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I remember having a colleague um, just make an assumption about me in some way and like ask if he could like call me this like rap nickname at work. And I was just like, no, like, would you ask your white counterpart if you can call him, you know, I don't know, rapper Trey or, or like, you know, like just a rapper name. And that's really offensive. But it's like we have to we kind of live in this world where we have to do a lot of explaining. We unfortunately have to do a lot of teaching and walk with this sort of burden of, OK, I got to make sure I show up in this way so that these stereotypes are not impacting my growth and where I go. I think about the another stereotype that doesn't apply to the workplace setting, but the stereotype, the historical ter- stereotype of the Jezebel and or what like a more current term that isn't necessarily used anymore. But I guess it would be like video vixen or now a Instagram mom. Oh, OK, not a thought. Not maybe a thought. OK, yeah, maybe a thought. <laughs> so thanks for keeping me coming. I got you, girl. So, Basically, all but all three of those terms, no matter which generation you're from and which term you want to use, they all mean the same thing. They all represent this stereotype of the black woman who is overly sexual. Right. Mm. And so what it does for us is it causes anxiety in how we choose to portray our sexuality. Right. So you couple this this stereotype along with the way our the way patriarchy and masculinity is set up and you have a lot of women who are maybe afraid to explore their sexuality afraid to figure out how to express themselves sexually how to advocate for themselves because they are afraid of fulfilling the stereotype mm-hmm. or you have those or it may be a, a point where you are engaging in some of those behaviors and then you are experiencing guilt because you're engaging in these behaviors when really the question we should be asking ourselves is not am I a thought, am I a Jezebel, am I a video vixen because I want to express my sexuality in a certain way, but actually kind of stepping back and examining why you're expressing yourself in that way, right? Because one of the things that we do know is that sometimes how we manage our anxiety, how we calm ourselves is to engage in frequent sexual behavior. Have we ever heard the phrase, I use sex to relieve stress? Mm. 
So that's one way in which we might use it to alleviate those feelings of anxiety. And so I don't want people to hear this and say, okay, well, wait, maybe I shouldn't be engaging in sex. And if, I, if I'm someone who really loves sex, then maybe I have anxiety. No, what I'm saying is step back and kind of really reflect on why you're engaging in the behaviors you're engaging in, right? Sex is healthy. I was just going to say, is it bad to relieve stress with sex, though? Is it bad to do that? Or if it's like a, if it's more like an addiction or like if it's deeper, if you're like, oh, I'm having a stressed out day, I want to work out or go have sex. Is that, do you think that's bad? It can be depending okay. on how and why it's manifesting. And like right? a pattern as well. Not like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so I think that's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, once I'm aware of the behavior, maybe I should stop and reflect and have a conversation with my therapist so that we can kind of explore and dive a little deeper to figure out what might be really going on. Mm-hmm. But I, but again, I say that to point out that like there are stereotypes that we, we are aware of and our awareness of those stereotypes impact our behavior. Yep, I would agree. And I think about one thing my mentor used to say, um, like always know why you do what you do. Always know why you do what you do. And when you think about that, always know why you do what you do, right? It's just getting clear on what you're doing because you could have an addiction. I mean, snicker snicker bars aren't bad, but if you're eating a Snickers every time X happens and you're doing like the intention behind it may not be the best. Maybe you're using it to solve anxiety. It might be nice to just sit back and explore that. So that I think that makes sense. And it makes me think about Something else, since we're talking about sex, I'll keep it in the same vein there. It makes me think about this stat, uh, this statistic that I heard around relationship and companionship when it comes to black women. And I was doing my little interwebs search and found this 2010 Pew Research Center report that found that black women are the least likely group of women to marry, especially outside of their own race. And and here's the thing. Everyone doesn't want to get married. Like that got that. There are lots of people that do. But just seeing something like that to see that black women are least likely, it just, oh, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit. And I think about the women that maybe aren't married that want to get married or that this statistic really impacts. And I think about the anxiety that could come from that, right? Because you know that we're out in them. If you want to marry a black man, not saying that you have to, but if you are interested, a lot of black women I know are interested in marrying a black man. It's like we're already outnumbered or we're outnumbering black men. And then... You see this, well, goddamn, am I ever going to have the life that I envisioned? I can only imagine what comes with that in addition to what we've already named. And I think with that comes, like, so I struggle with statistics like that, right? Mm, Tell me more. And I struggle with how research, how certain statistics get put out there about Black women. Mm. Because I think that some of those statistics are what leads to us experiencing anxiety. Feeding right? into the narratives exactly. and the stereotypes. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. So when you see this stereo, you see this statistic that black women are the least likely group to marry. Okay, well, maybe we should peel back the layers on that before we jump to starting, before we hop on our worry train mm. and start trying to like ruminate on, well, I'm not marriageable and 
I'm going to end up at like an old maid and, and like we've hopped on the worry train and we took off at lightning speed. Before we do that, let's step back and like let's really analyze that, that information. Why are black women considered the least likely group to marry? Part of that is because people of other races don't view us as marriage partners, mm. right? Coupled with we do as black women have a strong allegiance and loyalty to black men. Mm -hmm. I get it. I love black men. But I would encourage those of us who are willing to try to explore dating outside of your race. If you are someone who is also not sure about your sexual orientation, explore that. And don't feel compelled to, okay, well, I'm just going to stay single because... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily interested in men or I'm not necessarily interested in people outside of my race, but I've been fed the narrative that Either they don't want me or I'm not supposed to. Carve that path for yourself of figuring out what is going to work best for you in terms of asking yourself, is this going to be best for me? How is this going to impact my life? Why am I doing this, right? To go back to the point of like our own intentions, right? And our own subconscious thoughts of, what is this, how is this really going to affect me? And how does this fit in with my overall goals and values in life? So we can carve out our own path. And what tends to happen is when we carve out our own path and let go of trying to please other people and let go of worrying about what, society says we should be doing, what our friends, what our family, what anybody else says we should be doing, that anxiety lessens. And when that anxiety lessens, the feeling that comes with being anxiety-free is amazing. So we touched on just a few of the things that cause a many Black women anxiety in the world today. We just touched the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's so much more. But just to kind of give us space to validate ourselves, validate our feelings, let ourselves sit in all of those emotions, because I'm sure a lot of stuff has come up just listening to what we've shared. But of course, as we promised, we will bring you out together with us. And we want to talk about some tools and strategies on how we can continue to thrive in the midst of unfair circumstances. Because as we know, life isn't fair. Like we shouldn't have to deal with a lot of this shit. We shouldn't have to wear these different, you know, these burdens and all this baggage on us because a lot of it was put on us. 
but we are so resilient. I mean, we have our ancestors' blood running through our veins. We're so resilient. There are so many examples of just amazing, incredible black women and women of color that are out there killing it and thriving in the midst of mental illness or, you know, struggling with anxiety. And so we can do it too. Yeah. And so one of the things that I want us to think about is how do we thrive, right? And figuring out how we thrive means kind of stepping back and kind of examining, well, what are we doing to kind of manage our anxiety, right? And so I know for myself, one of the things that I've talked about in previous episodes is that I like to have a glass of wine in the evening with my dinner, right? And one of the things that like I've realized is that like over the last few months and in the previous episode, you all also heard me mention that I started exercising more in the mornings. And so that meant that I had to give up or I chose to give up having that glass of wine at night because it kept me from getting up in the morning to exercise. And one of the things that I found is that exercising in the morning gave me a level of energy and also gave me a level of peace and stress relief that by evening, I didn't necessarily feel the need to have that glass of wine, right? And so for me, what I learned personally is that exercise helps so much. And whether that is getting up and going, like from like getting up early first thing in the morning and getting that 30 to hour long, 30 minutes to hour long workout in, or if that might mean getting up from your desk at lunchtime to go for a 10 minute walk outside, just to get outside of the office, but doing some type of physical activity can help relieve some of that anxiety, right? Another thing that helps relieve some anxiety, meditation. The key to all of these things is recognizing that not everything is going to work for you. So we're going to offer multiple strategies. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I, I point that specific thing out to say that I recommend meditation all the time, but I know that meditation is not necessarily my thing. For me, I put meditation, I put a meditation app on when I'm getting ready to fall asleep because medita- meditating relaxes me to the point where I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not the intended purpose. And for some people, you can they can meditate in the morning get the, and use that to get their day going. It doesn't work for me. So it's about whatever strategies we're offering, figure out how those strategies will work best for you. That's good, Dom. I would, just to piggyback off of that, I would say one thing I've been doing lately is meditating because mindfulness has been something that's been really important for me lately and like being in the moment because I feel like I used to tend to be the person that I'd be in a moment, but I'd be thinking about the next moment. So I'd achieve a goal and be like, all right, what am I going to do next? I got to do this other thing. Or I'd be in conversation with someone and I'd just be elsewhere in my mind like, oh, what am I going to make for dinner? What am I going to do? And that had that caused a lot of anxiety for me. And so I think just being mindful I have been working on taking a lot of deep breaths throughout the day. I know my colleagues laugh at me sometimes. I have like spa music playing all throughout the day on my headphones to just give me that sort of zen feeling and kind of keep everything together. Um, and the cool thing is every all of these different tips, like these are like building muscles in the gym. And I feel like for me personally with meditation, I remember a time when I could only meditate 
for less than a minute because my mind would be racing and I'd be all over and I've learned different techniques. Yo, I can meditate for 15 minutes now. And that is such a huge accomplishment for me. That's amazing. Seriously. I'm, I'd be so, I'm like, 10 minutes is usually like my, my sweet spot, but I've been pushing myself to 15 minutes and I have an activity where I like focus on my different chakras with my mind and I'm like just focusing my energy and my body and it's just been so cool. And so I would say just like in the gym, right? If you're building your, I'm going to say your mental abs and you do it once a week, yo, your abs not going to come in. Like you're not going to be able to use that tactic effectively to manage that anxiety. But look, if you go three times a week and you're consistent with it three times a week for a couple months, you'll begin to grow. It's just like everything else in life, right? Consistency is the key. Consistency is key. The other thing that I would also recommend is you mentioned it already, T, uh, breathing. Mm. So doing some type of grounding exercise. Yes. And so, and sometimes one of the, one of the quick grounding exercises that uh, I like to recommend for pe- to people is to take a moment and pause and take a big deep breath in, and then point out. Look for particular things, particular objects of different colors, right? So you might pause, take a breath, and look for something yellow. Then you may pause and take a deep breath and look for something purple and then something green and something blue. And what it does is it forces you to recenter yourself on being in the present moment. The other thing that I recommend for people is to ask yourself the question, what can I control? Once you can answer the question of what you can control, that is the thing that you focus on. If there are things, if you identify things that you cannot control, let those things go. Because focusing on the things that you cannot control That is what's going to cause the anxiety. If you focus on what you alone have control over, then you have peace. And that makes me think of the serenity prayer. And I remember my mom had this up. I think she had it like quilted or something. The way the serenity prayer goes is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it goes a lot further than that, but that's the main gist of it, right? Of the ability to accept the things that you cannot change, the courage to change the things that you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That goes right back to what I was saying about asking yourself, what do I have control over? And focusing solely on the things that you have control over. And once you're able to like, Ask yourself that question, answer that question, and then utilize some of these healthy coping strategies. Hopefully, you'll see that some of your anxiety may decrease. Now, one thing I will say, though, before we wrap up that we didn't touch on that I do want to point out is that for some of us, treating anxiety might require medication. If you find that that is something that you might need. My personal bias is to for all of us to try changing our behaviors first. And if you find that changing your behaviors is still not helping, then consult a psychiatrist so that or a psychiatric nurse practitioner so that 
they can work with you on getting the appropriate medication that you might need. And the other two things I would add, because I think that was so spot on that question, what can I control? I would say also look at changing your diet too. That could really impact how you show up. I'm telling you, when I, I was I talked about this in, a, in our depression episode, I think we did an episode thriving with depression. And I noticed that for me, birth control and eating all the things, those two were a bad combination for my mental health. And now I'm settling on this pescatarian diet where I eat my vegetables, lots of more fruits than I've ever had in my life. And then fish is one of the, the meat that I do eat. And it's changed my life. I cut out dairy as well. And it's been so amazing. And the other thing I wanted to just kind of elaborate on, you said, the question was, what can I control, right? And it made me think about um, public speaking anxiety. But this can, I think, tie into the whole the whole idea here. And that is, it's not about you. And when I say that, what I mean is there are often times where we are in a space where we can show up, whether it's us speaking in a meeting or speaking at an event or just offering some type of feedback um, in a setting, right? And at the end of the day, what I used to tell myself when I was so nervous about it was, I would say it's really not about me. It is about what is the end goal? What am I trying to accomplish here? And if you're doing a public speaking event or something, it's like your goal is to educate people on X, Y, Z. That just removes me from the situation. So I'm focusing on just offering the facts that I know because I prepared. I know this content. I'm good, right? And so I think also when you're interacting with people and you get anxious, um, realizing that if someone's showing up and they're, they're rude or they're doing something that's impacting you, just remembering that oftentimes when someone shows up that way, it's not about us. They have some stuff going on internally that's causing them to show up. So we don't know what that person might be going through on a personal level. I know with me going through my tough time right now, it has me totally rethinking. I used to get an attitude when I would say good morning to someone and they wouldn't say it back. I'm like, I looked you in your face and took the time to say good morning. You didn't say it. And I was like, you know what? That person might have just lost a family member. I'm like, so what? I put my positive energy out there. I don't care how they respond. I didn't do it for them to respond. So just remember that. If someone, if we're in a situation where people are treating us a certain way or we are perceiving something to be a certain way and it's negative toward us, it really probably doesn't have anything to do with us. It's more so what's going on in the other person. We thank you, lady, for hanging out with us and listening to this episode. We do want to give you a shout out for all of the reviews that we've been getting on iTunes and all of the feedback. It's been so helpful for us. Please continue to share with us what you think about the podcast so that we can continue to touch on topics that are important to you. And be sure to check out the link in our show notes to join the Herspace Sanctuary and connect with us on social media so we can keep the conversation going. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I release what no longer serves me to manifest what I desire. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies.